Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. Does it depress you? To know just how alone you really are. What are you seeking? I seek the means to fight injustice. To turning fear against those who prey on the fearful. <laughs> to conquer fear, you must become fear. To manipulate the fears in others, you must first master your own. Are you ready to begin? If you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, and if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Legend must wait. Legend. On this episode, we will be discussing and reviewing the Dark Knight Trilogy. read more of our reviews and listen to our podcasts, go to lcamoviereviews.com or listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Amazon Music. storm coming. And here we Die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm sorry, Harvey. No. No, you're not. Not yet. This episode will contain spoilers. Only one end to your journey. Endure, Master Wayne. Batman. 
supposed to come back. I won't bury you. Heard enough members of the Wayne family. Here are your hosts for this episode, Mike Winkler, Alistair Engelhart, Jeremy Larson, and Jason Kabasik. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast. I'm Mike Winkler, and I am here again with the Lights, Camera, Action crew, Mr. Conovan Games himself, Jeremy Larson, my uh, Mario Party buddy, Alistair Engelhart, and my Dog Pound Nation co-host, Jason Kabasik. How you doing, gentlemen? Hey, oh, doing Great, good. Mike. How about you? Fantastic. Not bad, not bad. Uh, tonight we were supposed to do our Marvel podcast, but unfortunately uh, Dan English had a prior um, engagement, so we had to delay it for tonight, but we still wanted to bring you, the audience, a podcast tonight, and we've decided to cover the Dark Knight trilogy, Christopher Nolan's classic superhero, well, trilogy that basically made comic movies where they are today. Easily, where are the drugs? Easily, easily. Where, the where best are the drugs DC going? DC movies made. <laughs> mm-hmm. Easily mm-hmm. the best DC movies made because the rest of them have been shit. <laughs> I don't know if every single one of them's been shit, but for They've the most been part, shit. yeah. Aquaman might be the only other exception. Oh, I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to come out and say this. Besides the Batman Christopher Nolan trilogy, DC does better at television whereas yes marvel does better in the movies although i'm yes. very excited for wonder woman 1984 is that december I yeah that it's december. coming out yeah it's coming out on hbo max on christmas day nice it's amazing because i didn't know that they were coming out with another wonder woman movie I didn't either. that's how little i cared about the first wonder woman movie. <laughs> Dad, you didn't I, like wonder woman one fuck no uh, wow Wow, I'm a little surprised by that one. I absolutely hated the DC movies that have come out. Mm. Wow. I'm going to have to agree with Jason on this one, is that there seems to be very little substance when it comes to anything outside the Nolan trilogy. Exactly. (laughs) But wait, wait until you see the invisible car. It's going to be awesome. Wow. You guys are right, though. I mean, when you when you compare the DC films to what Christopher Nolan did and 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 the universe he created, it doesn't compare. And Zack Snyder taking Batman in that complete opposite direction. Okay, okay. You want to know why why that the Christopher Nolan trilogy was so good and so well received compared to the rest of the DC trash that has come out for movies? 
Why's that? It's because they were based off the Dark Horse comics. Hmm. Yeah, who was who was okay. the author of the comic series that it was specifically? It was the Dark Knight series, right? Who who was the author of those? Uh, um, well, I know Bat Batman Begins is kind of based off of Batman Year One. Um, I know a little bit. I know certain elements uh, from those Frank comics Miller. were taken. Yeah, Frank Miller. Uh, and I know certain aspects of, of all of Christopher Nolan's trilogy were actually used um, from the Batman Year One comic and kind of was the inspiration. Got it. Come. But, all right. Uh, should we get into the first film, ladies and gents? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, first thing I want to say about Batman Begins is, do you guys remember the the first trailer that came out for it and we didn't know much about it? I don't. Do not remember the trailer. Okay. Well, I remember seeing the trailer recently. I was going through all the Batman Begins special features and I ended up watching a couple of the trailers. And um, the trailer was really weird. And I remember feeling when I saw the trailer the first time, that it didn't look like a Batman film. It kept showing like these big, huge uh, temples in the mountains and was showing some guy walking through the snow up to the mountain and training with all these different ninjas. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, this is not the Batman that I remember growing up with, with the Keaton, Michael Keaton movies and Val Kilmer and stuff like that. But um, when I went to go see the movie for the first time, mm -hmm. I was floored because it was nothing like I was expecting in a good way. Yeah, I yeah I actually now now you're talking about it, Mike. I feel like I remember it, a, a a fair amount of the content of the trailer being devoted to the training and them almost highlighting Scarecrow, quite a bit as if he was yeah. going to be a pretty prominent villain, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and that Scarecrow because was fantastic. there is there is yep. so few times that you see Scarecrow being used as an actual good centerpiece for a villain in a Batman movie. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Really and honestly anything, minus the comics, I have not seen Scarecrow as a viable villain at all. Yeah. No, this was also the first time we actually got to see Ra's al Ghul become a villain before he yeah. was used in, in Arrow in the TV-verse. Mm -hmm. I know. It's just so versatile, too. Was, that was a great role for him. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I know, he plays Batman stuck in assassin-ass trainer. He plays Lion God. He plays a former, like, what was it, a hitman in Taken, the Taken mm -hmm. series? CIA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he, Oscar Schindler. He <laughs> does That's true. That's so true too. Well yeah. in his roles. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, don't, don't we all agree that we wish Qui-Gon would have been around longer because he was so good in Phantom Menace? Oh, he's, he's Holy shit, back. I forgot that he was yeah. Qui-Gon. Yep. He's going to come back in the Star Wars multiverse and not have died. In, in, in a the, the veil of the force. Remember the veil <laughs> <Yeah>. of the <laughs> Disney eliminating the sequel trilogy just to bring back oh, Qui Gon. No. <laughs> but yeah, so on Scarecrow, um, do you pronounce it Cillian or Killian Murphy? Uh, Killian Murphy. Mm -hmm. Killian, Killian Murphy. He was, He's... gosh, he was so good at that role. There, mm. there was just something about his, his lips. Like, he just, he exuded. Mentally. You know, there's a the lot of different things himself. that Killian Murphy did right, but you're focusing on his lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just something about his lips that communicated mental instability to me. <laughs> Alistair's got a thing for Killian Murphy. It's okay. 
we can we can go we can move past that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Alistair Engelhart's first it's sticky moment of the night. <laughs> His lips were really sticky looking. Oh, God. oh man. No, but you're right though, Alistair. Uh Killian Murphy, um, I couldn't have really thought of anybody else to play Scarecrow. And I like the fact that Christopher Nolan brought him back not only in the Dark Knight, but also the Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Can we also talk about just the casting in general for this trilogy? This was, I could not figure anybody else to play the roles that they did in this trilogy other no. than the people that they have. How do you feel about Holmes, Jason? Katie okay, Holmes? Yeah. How'd you, how'd you, like switch? you liked her as Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she the, about the I mean, only one that I did not like was Maggie Gyllenhaal playing Rachel in uh, mm, Dark Knight. Mm. I'm glad you said that because the one thing that bothered me about Dark Knight the most was the fact that Katie Holmes didn't return. Because I thought even though Gyllenhaal did a good job of trying to capture some of Katie Holmes's uh, personality and some of her mannerisms, mm. it wasn't the same. She wasn't the same rachel from that movie and i i, I liked she how rachel made, was in that begins she made rachel seem like a character that i'd have more interest in watching paint dry than watching her act mm-hmm. well the the weird thing is that bringing that up is that that switch it it made me go to the place when i was watching like the spider-man movies to where i really did not like Kristen dunst and yeah. in those movies and it's just like it was the same vibe that she was giving off it was just the annoyed girlfriend of the hero vibe and it was just like this is this entire relationship is boring now <laughs> exactly yeah. by the time you got to the end of spider-man 3 you really weren't rooting for their relationship because you just didn't like her yeah but how we were talking about how uh speaking of the casting and all that how we were talking about how liam neeson is just so versatile in his roles mm-hmm. how are we forgetting about gary oldman Gary Oldman played a really good Gary Oldman is yeah. one of the most underrated actors I have ever seen. He needs a <laughs> lot more credit he than play? he deserves. He played he? the Commissioner Gordon. Oh, that's just how oh, I was thinking of it. Yeah, no, he I was, was Commissioner Gordon. He's been, he was the main villain in Fifth Element. He's been in a lot of stuff that yeah. people don't even recognize. He was I good. know a lot of people don't give this movie <laughs> credit, and I, I actually kind of like it. Have you guys seen Lost in Space? Exactly. Yes. I love I love Lost I in like Space. I like that movie. Everyone says it's a trash film, and I'm just like, you cannot be serious. This is gold. You're trash. <laughs> I, oh, we gotta gold do a pod, we gotta do a podcast on Lost in Space because that movie deserves respect. See, I think we should do a podcast on Lost in Space. I think Galaxy Quest needs to be one of those two. How about this? How about Battlestar Galactica? I'm gonna have to watch it in order to oh, yeah, discuss like it. Yeah. One. Yep. Yeah, that, that one's worth it, too. But no, Gary Oldman played an excellent Dr. Smith in that, and that's why mm-hmm. I mentioned it, because I thought he cre- created a great one. I don't know if you guys have been watching Lost in Space on Netflix, the series. No, I didn't even know they, re- they brought it back up. It's a, they, I tried I watching it, mm-hmm. and it was, it was it's very dry. Mm-hmm. It was a very dry start, but I'm hoping yeah. to jump back into it later on. Well, I don't like the fact they made Dr. Smith a female, because I don't like when they change from the original. I mean, I get why they did it, but to me, it's like, why make that change? Why was it a necessary change to make? It just... Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the off-shoot off, off uh, shoot 
podcast we're doing now what during the actual podcast we're getting way off track <laughs> hey as long as we reference people that are in the movie we're talking about we're okay <laughs> we're okay i think we should leave um, the 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 gender bend con, uh constructive cris, cris, oh my god now you've got my one, tongue twisted the, 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 the. anyways let's let's go on back to gary oldman which you were discussing mm-hmm. yeah fantastic actor i i was in belief of him in the entirety of the dark knight trilogy i was on his side so much i could not picture anybody else playing this role at all in these movies no not at all the only thing that i wish that i they would have touched on would maybe adding in like a riddler Hmm. into this but that's only for because I want to see Johnny Depp playing the Riddler. Well, you're going to get to see the Riddler in uh, Pattinson's Batman. And we'll see I'll how look that forward works, to it, so. but I, I, I'm hoping they don't go the Jim Carrey route of making it way too comedic. Oh, not with this. They're not. No, yeah, I think this Riddler's supposed to be really dark and disturbed from that first trailer. That okay, came out, so they're going with the actual Riddler, which was a genius, yep. but schizophrenic. Pretty much. I would have yeah. to say that we should also do a podcast on the Gotham series. I'm going to have to touch That's up more show. on the Gotham series, but yes, we oh, should. Oh, Jason, you're going to like the Riddler in that series. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Riddlers were so well done in that show. I think I stopped watching right before they introduced Riddler into oh, Gotham. No, you... Mm. No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> he, it, it, I love... I, going back to that, it's just I love his character in the entirety. And then they do a really good job with the Joker in that series as well. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, the I've Joker never seen in that Joker. Gotham, in the Joker in mm-hmm. Gotham, heavily, like, toe-to-toe to Heath Ledger's. Oh, those are... those. That could be fighting words. I have to watch this now. See? Gotcha. Hooked you. Speaking of Gotham, I, I felt like... Um, and granted, I did not see all of the prior Batman films... Um, but I felt like Gotham as a whole in this trilogy took on a, a much more comprehensively dark tone. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just like there was some villains. It was the city itself felt like a dark place or at least had dark, right. dark was, um, threads to it. Um, it was you know, like the, 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 the police corruption. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there were the, the people themselves. Like there were definitely, there was like kind of like the under... The, the black parts of Gotham, even though all of it felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I, the the city itself took on a much darker feel to me with this film than the, the few that I'd seen prior. It took every dark part of a city and just amplified it times a hundred. Yeah. The poverty, the drugs, the you know the the crime, yeah. the mob. It took everything and just pumped it up. Oh, right. Well, as Agul said, with enough hunger. Everyone becomes a criminal. <laughs> yeah. It grounded Batman in realism. And that was something that was Nolan's touch that just made this work. Mm-hmm. So I got a curiosity here. When it comes to uh, the actors that have played Bruce Wayne slash Batman, obviously, which one do you think was the most complete actor in that role 
Clooney. Or do you think there was one I knew one you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I'm shaking my head over here going, Al's going to say What did say, Alistair? <laughs> Clooney. <He> said Clooney. <laughs> All right. Um, there is a way to just remove him from this I think. I now, think right? Clooney himself said that he, he – he, I think that we have removed him. <laughs> All right. We can unmute him now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cl Cl Clooney himself. I don't know if he caught. I, I'm not sure when I started to be, become muted, but Clooney himself said, "I think that we ruined the franchise." <laughs> he did. He said that, he said that recently too in an interview. He said, "Yeah, I realized that movie was total shit." <laughs> Good. At least he realizes it. <laughs> at the end of the day, oh, Batman man. and Robin is nothing more but comic book, uh, comic booky cotton candy. Am I even going to say popcorn? Cotton candy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what it, it, what's interesting to me is that they. Yeah, I I I, I remember reading along somewhere along the way the the um, that Nolan had expected that Batman Begins would actually be watched by a younger crowd because prior it it kind of come across as a little bit more lighthearted, and they mm -hmm. found that it was an older crowd that kind of grabbed onto it, and mm -hmm. and the, and thus it got darker with each of the of the the next two films, mm -hmm. right? Why was that the case? Because these movies were actually good. <laughs> these movies were there was no sugarcoat in this. This was no, going to get wasn't. dark and gritty, mm -hmm. and it really get behind what this series really was about yeah. it was a lot darker than people realize i really liked that they they had the what was was um wayne's fear of bats in the in the original comics or was that uh, a yeah a choice yeah. No, that, yeah yeah there was a fear it was mm -hmm. okay because yeah. i really liked that i i i don't remember realizing that before batman begins that that was part of his backstory but i thought that was really cool the thing that I'm very thankful for in this whole trilogy is that if you guys notice that in a lot of um, franchises, uh, studios start getting involved. They start providing pressure as to what they want to see and how direction they want the, the, the series to go in. And I, I like the fact that Nolan did what he wanted to do. He didn't give in. I, I remember reading the story that right after he had finished The Dark Knight and Heath Ledger had passed, the, uh, the studio was pushing Nolan to put the Riddler in Dark Knight Rises. They wanted Leonardo DiCaprio as the Riddler and they were pushing so aggressively hard and he told them flat out, no, I don't want to do the Riddler. I want to do Bane. And he got his way. And so he should have. The Dark Knight was one of the highest grossing movies at the time. I think the guy deserves his, uh, his own sequel and how he wants to do it, not the studio telling him what they want on their checklist on how they're going to do for the year. Or for the year. Yeah. It doesn't work. What was your well, guys' um, <laughs> The score is yeah. probably one of the greatest scores I've ever heard. I just, yeah. I love. Oh, God, yeah. The music always gives me goosebumps while, you, yeah. while you're mm -hmm. listening to it. And I think Between that's, the, the, yeah, getting back to like kind of like the, the overall grittiness and, and dark mm -hmm. feeling. I mean, the soundtrack really gives you no, even in, in the happy scenes, the, the scenes where the plot takes a little yeah. bit of an up, the music does not let you feel <laughs> that way. <laughs> It never no. really gets away from feeling like something's just always slightly off. Mm -hmm. Well, look at the uh, three key themes that, that we get from that. We get Batman's anthem. Uh -huh. um, we get the Joker's theme, which is kind of like nails on a chalkboard, <laughs> and uh, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then you get Bane's theme, which is all the chanting. I mean, just each movie with its own theme and how, and how each movie, you know, it's a sequel. Each movie feels like its own 
thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this so good, I think. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So what was your guys' favorite um favorite part of Batman Begins? Like what was your like what was your favorite moment that really got you loving what this series and what direction it was going in? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, um, I'm not going to start this one off, though. <laughs> it, it's weird for me that uh, the two characters that made the movie for me were um, Alfred and, uh-huh. uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Morgan Freeman's character. Lucius. Lucius. Fox. Lucius. Yeah, I, it, uh-huh. those, those two made the movies for me i loved i loved their characters and their interactions with christian bale uh and it they always came up with some funny quip to say and it was just like those little moments where it was just yes it's serious but let's be a little bit lighthearted in some aspects true add a little humor in there without going too overboard Mm -hmm. yeah what about you mike um i think the one thing i can remember uh, from from seeing this is that you know I'm walking out of the theater feeling very surprised by what I saw because it felt so different it didn't feel like what we saw before with the previous films and it felt unique it didn't feel like a Batman film but this was a good thing because it took a comic book character and grounded him in realism and we've never seen that in a comic book movie before ever at this point it was always about things being cheesy and over the top and and bubblegummy. This was the first time that we were like, hey, this Batman could could actually be happening in the real world. It even took Batman's villains and made them real. People that could actually be in the real world, they could actually do these things. This wasn't like your typical Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy type of thing. This was, these were villains that we could see in the real world that could be terrorists and dangerous to cities in, in, in the country. I agree. Uh, what about you, Alistair? I don't know. I... I liked a lot of the. I I did I I do really like Bruce's interactions with Alfred, um, and um, the 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 one quote that comes to mind that I remember, I remember liking when he said it was, uh, "Why why do we fall, Master Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up." <laughs> So, and not, not, for, not even that, not even that, thing that I, I, I mostly just liked how he said it. His accent's pretty cool. <laughs> so for me, I have to say me and Jeremy have pretty much the exact same reasons for why we like this and where this series mm-hmm. was going. And it was Lucius Fox and Alfred, both how they interacted with Bruce in this film the mm-hmm. way that how yeah they were serious but they also had that bit of lightheartedness like you were talking about jeremy yeah good good balance and i i, I gotta say too i also love how this movie ended because i like the fact that you know uh gordon gave him the, loved, the playing yeah. card and flipped it over and saw joker and i was like mm, yes we're gonna see joker yeah. in the sequel if we get that it that was but awesome. and then yeah. it was everyone questioning Heath Ledger's casting as the Joker at first, wondering yep. what in the blue hell is he going to be able to bring to the table, considering the last real films that he did before this were what, Brokeback Mountain and uh, A Night's like Tale. A Night's Tale, where his mm-hmm. big two movies before this. Mm-hmm. He brought a heck of a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I know when they announced him, I was um, 
I was questioning it. And I think just about everybody was, I don't think anybody really thought this was a good casting decision at the time. Um, I think a lot of people were thinking, what is Christopher Nolan thinking? But boy, were we all ever wrong. I think in that position, if you were less informed about Heath Ledger's past, you were probably better off because that's mm-hmm. where I was. I, I didn't know what to expect from a Joker, from someone who I didn't, I wasn't very, very uh, well versed with until mm-hmm. after, after the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's really hard to come across someone who played the Joker as well as Heath Ledger. Now he, he had a, a particular type of um, a, a technique, and Mike, you might know what this is called. But he was doing he method acting. Character. Yeah, he was a method actor. Yeah. Method actor. Yep. Yeah. What What are some other actors that have used that method, or actresses? <laughs> um, um, Malcolm McDowell's well, one. This... Just watch a Clockwork Orange. That's that's method acting at its best. Hmm. Does Yo Queen? The who? Yo Queen Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I... I think in a way he kind of does. I think he did with, with his Joker in, okay. in, in yeah. a way. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I can say, you yeah, said, I think you he said does. he wanted a list. Marlon Brando was one. Robert De Niro was one. De Niro. Mm-hmm. Huh. Daniel Day Lewis, Al Pacino, Angelina uh, Jolie, Christian Bale, J- Jim Jack Harrison, Shia LaBeouf in Fury. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm dead serious. No, they, uh, he he had a very big problem with that one. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you all seen uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon? Mm-mm. I have not. Highly recommend. One of LaBeouf's I, best. I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Forrest Whitaker is the one that really surprised me here. But reading some of the stuff he did for his films to get prepared, it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. if you look at him from The Last King of Scotland... Uh, to prepare for his role, he learned Swahili and ate nothing but bananas and beans and remained in character offset. Wow. Jeez. That's that's commission that's uh, uh, commitment. That's for damn sure. Yeah. That's full on um, commitment. And I mean, some of the best actors do that. I mean, like mm. like like you said, there's a long list. Like I said, Jack Nicholson's one of them. I mean, I just watched The Shining. That that's that's method acting that uh, I think that was my first taste of, of method acting when I saw The Shining when I was very young. Mm. And just watching Jack Nicholson embody that role and going completely crazy at the end, oh, mm. that was just acting at its best. I just, I just mm. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Heath, Heath was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. We had a but, comment but, uh, on our Facebook Live from uh, Kendall, Heath's mm-hmm. raw emotion and palpable feelings were and are still extremely relatable. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Very 100%. much so. 100%. And I think a lot of Joaquin and Phoenix's inspiration there, to play and, Joker came from that. And it's so unfortunate to what happened with him because I think it's just a matter of his method acting he took way too far and it took such a toll on his mental health that mm-hmm all these issues started coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, his last two big films, obviously, were The Dark Knight and then The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he brought some of his own um, internal struggles and his, and his mental struggles, I think, to his role. And I think that that's why he played them so well is because I think he was going through his own 
own things. And I think he brought his own world into those roles. And I think that's why he played them to perfection. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But, but uh, I mean, do we have anything else to add for Batman Begins before we get into the Dark Knight? No, I think that's pretty much it. I want to bring up the fact that I love the uh, choice of design for the Batmobile. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. Because I know it at is... first I was a little dumbfounded. <laughs> well, you, you kind of get thrown off because it's a it's a monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you hide something like that? Yeah. And then they went along along to explain of how you hide from <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The origin story for it was a lot more believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it looks, you know, less cartoony. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they could really have sold the uh, the uh, the neon looking. I don't know that we saw like in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I don't think they could they could have sold that limo yeah. Porsche. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So going um, into the Dark Knight now, this movie had a budget of one hundred eighty-five million dollars, wow. which is pretty damn high for mm. one of these kind of movies box mm-hmm. office just under one billion dollars wow. uh, total yeah yeah um Heath Ledger's this death movie, played a huge impact this movie yeah. more than or did more than five times the amount of the budget for the film mm. this the dark knight movie is the perfect Batman film. Mm. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> the tone that it sets and the tone that it keeps throughout the entirety of the film makes it perfect. It doesn't once make you think that there... It makes you feel like you're looking over your shoulder mm-hmm. at every single point in the film. Yeah. Because you're wondering where any tragedy is going to strike. Right. How many movies have you seen where... Um, you see the kind of uh, chaos and carnage, and uh, at the from the very get go, from the very get go. But back to what I said about how the realism. This is a good case in point with that. The chaos in this movie, yeah, make I, it makes you makes you realize that this kind of thing could happen, yeah. and I think that's why you look behind your back because you think, oh my god, this could be happening right outside my door right now. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Um, we've we've talked about this in our recent cast about the Marvel villains and how they've stepped into this zone of villains whose um, whose backstories um, you almost feel like you can sympathize with. Um, but but Joker, I mean, that what, what's the phrase? Some people just like to see the world burn. Like they, they definitely don't try to come at it that way with Joker. I mean, he definitely has a sad backstory. You get you get little glimpses of it when he talks about his mm-hmm. wife and. But um. But you realize that yeah. that was none. None of that was true. That was him just be, oh, literally that's right. being. That's right. Batshit crazy Joker that we know. Yeah. This yeah. is the. This version of the Joker was the anarchist Joker that I've been waiting to see, be brought to the big screen for the longest time. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Would you guys agree that um, Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, the way he played his Joker, do you think he took a lot from Heath Ledger and kind of made that his driving force in his performance? I don't. Th- I wouldn't say so much that he took um, 
a lot of what he did with Joker from mm-hmm. Heath, but I do think there are some similarities you can take away from that. Some. Yeah. I don't think it's... I think every single Joker that has play, or who, that has been uh, given that representation is always a different type of Joker. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of different layers that come with the Joker persona. You had um, oh, the first Joker, which was the clown. Um, you come into Jack Nicholson's character, which is the mobster. You have the mm-hmm. Heath Ledger Joker, which is the anarchist. You have the Jared Leto, which is the psychopath. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're every... You have the Jared Leto, which is the bad. I, Don't get me started okay. on that one. <laughs> there are there are bad and good on on everyone's part, um, and then you have uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, who was who was the mere These, form of mental instability, uh, the legit schizophrenic. Yeah, the schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. There you go, and it's. I think every single one of them brings something new to the table and makes it more of an interesting character. So you don't know whatever is going to come up when it is the Joker on screen. Right. No, that's a good point. I, th- I mean, this role of the Joker will always be an acclaimed role to get in any sort of film, whether it be a standalone film, Suicide Squad, anything like that, because it's going to test you as an actor to see what can you bring to the table that we have not seen from the Joker yet. Mm-hmm. What, can, if I remember... how, what kind of metal can you bring to raise the bar more than what has already been raised? I think every single, uh, while they bring everything different to the table, uh, I think a lot of actors that have played the Joker have had a hard time coming back from it. And that's what even makes it because even Jack Nicholson had problems. And I think Jared Leto had problems when coming back from suicide squad as well. No, Jared Leto's the only one I know for sure that I think had a like relatively easy time getting out of the mindset of the Joker. It's just when he was on set and in production for the film, I know that the cast did not want anything to do with him because he would pull some really, really fucked up stuff. Yeah, I heard Margot Robbie uh, got pranked by him quite a few times on set. Do you guys think... um, Yeah. Do you guys think... um, Do you think that... And this this is a little off topic, but do you think that um, it would be a good idea to bring in Joaquin Phoenix's Joker into Pattinson's Batman. They have a perfect setup already. I don't know how that would work out, considering his Joker was more based in the like the origins of how Bruce Wayne ended up starting the whole process of becoming Batman, because Thomas Wayne was the reason why the Joker became well the Joker. Right. Uh, and in I, a sense, it came full circle because the Joker would then be the reason why Bruce Wayne became the Batman in the end. True. Unfortunately, I don't think 
his Joker would be that much of a a threat. Like it in a sense of leadership, maybe if people were actually to follow him and everything, if if he had massed followers, possibly a threat. But looking at Joaquin Phoenix's Joker as a person, he's a very lanky dude. He doesn't have much structure to him. You you see him running in the film and I, I thought he was quite gangly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the only case that I would make is, is that what we see in Joker is, uh, of course, many years before Bruce becomes mm-hmm. Batman because he's still a kid. So I <laughs> guess in that 20 or 30 year period, maybe he gains a bigger following based off what we saw at the end. And uh, I mean, Joker never really was the, this bulky thing guy. It was all basically mm-hmm. screwing with Batman. Um I guess I could see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker becoming that. I don't think he's quite there yet from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. We might need to see a sequel to kind of see him maybe become the Joker that we kind of know. But um, I, I guess don't it's... Know. I think we're going to end up seeing a recasting of the Joker for Hopefully. Robert Pattinson's Batman. But I'm mm-hmm. curious to see who do you guys think would end up being a good Joker in that role? Ooh. Who do you think oh. would be the Willem most suited? Willem yeah. Dafoe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. You guys have seen the fan art, right? The you fan can get art. The fuck out oh, of yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah All right. Alistair's on a 30 second timeout. Mute him. <laughs> Alistair, you're on a timeout. <laughs> My God. Say, saying that Andrew Garfield would be a good Joker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unmute him. <sighs> All right. He's back. Tom Hanks. <laughs> but, oh, it's no. sticky number two, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> but going back to the couple of things that we were talking about what Jared Leto would do when he was in character for this film and the kind of method acting he did, going back through an interview I just read here between uh, – Will, from Will Smith for uh, forget what magazine that he did this for but mm-hmm. he insists that he has yet to actually ever meet the real Jared Leto because mm-hmm. they were both in character throughout the entire filming process everyone else I'm seeing here like uh, co-star Jay Courtney, or Jay Courtney uh, mm-hmm. has also previously backed those claims stating uh, they haven't seen Leto since they started working out of character let's put it that way yeah. Well, have you guys heard that? Uh, you know, also Zach sent... do... What's that? Zack Snyder's doing some of those reshoots on his Justice League. That he actually brought back Jared Leto to do some reshoots for Justice League to put him in it. We'll see how that goes. Wow. I, I don't know how that's going to work, considering that we have not seen him since Suicide Squad, and we've only seen him in one freaking movie. Yeah. Well, let's go on to other things that Leto has done before we get back on here. He sent Margot Robbie a nice live a nice love letter with a black box with a rat with a live rat in it. <laughs> uh hell? Leto also sent bullets to Will Smith with a letter. He sent the rest of the cast a dead pig. Weird. Oh. Um That's Yeah, he's strange. freaked out the director with his with his antics. <laughs> uh scared Coast Scar Scott Eastwood. He's done a lot of things while he was in character for this film. Hmm. 
he got in <laughs> character. I'll give him credit for that. But anyways, we're going back off track here. Mm-hmm. Back to the Dark Knight. <laughs> round and round we go. Uh, yeah. Um, did you guys like to, uh, there was a big drastic uh, tone change in this movie too, compared mm-hmm. to Batman Begins. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're both dark, but um, I think the opening of the film, um, we, you know, we were talking about uh, openings that are like some of the best in, in movie history. We, we yeah. were talking about Star Trek was one of those ones. And uh, this this ranks up there. The, the beginning of this movie is just so good, and we get to see Heath Ledger right off the bat just mm-hmm. be who he is, and we get a sense of what this Joker is going to be going forward. Exactly. And uh, yeah. we get to another major central point in this film, and that's the whole story with Harvey Dent. Mm. Which I thought they did an amazing job with this. I wouldn't have thought Aaron Eckhart to be Two-Face before this movie, but now I can't see anybody else playing him better. Hmm. He was pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. It's seeing how uh, when after Harvey ended up in the hostel after the uh, what was it, the acid burns on the right side of his body? I think it was like, is it, wasn't it like gasoline? Gasoline acid. It was something that you know, obviously just melted the right side of his body, Mm -hmm. but how the Joker completely broke down everything that Harvey Dent was Mm. and turned him into this villain. But it was... That's that's the third uh, it's sticky moment, Harvey Dent's right now. I felt, okay, I felt like Harvey Dent's fall was... it, It happened too quickly. I agree. It was too quick. I it was agree with too that. quick because it was all based on his relationship with Rachel, which wasn't that long. Mm. And not as long as Bruce's anyway. You felt like the plunge was too deep for what it was. Yes, especially yeah. with the fact that he was built on such solid principles. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have sort <laughs> of a he had sort of a dark past, but I don't think that that gave enough to warrant his flipping. Mm. Yeah, I can agree with I, that. Um, I agree with that, but I mean, I do love mm-hmm. how he like how I mean, degree that it was too quick. But I think that if they would have paced it out further, maybe done even another film in this with you know him mm-hmm. breaking down more and more mental uh, mentally mm-hmm. to becoming the two face that we knew. Yeah, that this it would have been absolutely perfect but we're also looking at a realism point here um coming from that angle looking at two-face in this light compared to what we see in like the comic books or the previous movies he had kind of still a full face and it was just burn marks whereas this two-face this was deep this was deep burns this was incredible physical scarring that would never heal yeah not properly anyway so looking at it and from a realism point of view i don't think harvey dent would have survived that long before dying of infection Mm. from all the exposed skin on the entire right half of his body Mm. i i i take two faces burning like you just said uh as a metaphor from christopher nolan that his face is damaged to his soul Mm mm-hmm it's mm. it, it's it's showing, it's showing you with the damage due to his soul on the outside. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh. Christopher Nolan and his metaphors. I mean, just watch Inception and Interstellar, and he's full of metaphors. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting contrasting Ra's al Ghul to the Joker. I think that you were mentioning the tone shift earlier, Mike, and I feel like with, with Ra's al Ghul, we, we knew his objective halfway through the movie and he stuck to it. We didn't know exactly how he was going to do it, but he, he, um, he, he was still a fairly predictable villain, whereas the Joker is just so chaotic. I didn't know what to expect up until the last few minutes. Unpredictable, um, yeah. yeah. Like, legitimately, yeah. the only thing that you will ever know about the Joker's game plan, it's just to make Batman's life a living hell. <laughs> That's literally his game plan. He literally, like he described when he was talking to uh, Dent <laughs> in the hospital, he's like a dog chasing a uh, car. He won't know what the hell to do with it. He really doesn't. Like He has no game plan whatsoever. It's just to cause as much chaos as possible. Mm -hmm. Yep. And hence why you see like towards like near the apex of the film, how you get to where, you know, there's that huge stash of the uh, mob's money that, Mm -hmm. you know, they were splitting in half. He literally took gasoline Mm -hmm. over his half and just set it on fire because well, it's his half to do what he wants. That was probably the most surprising thing that he did to me in the movie was I, I did not expect that at all. And that was when mm-hmm. I knew that I had no idea what the Joker was doing. <laughs> and uh, going to our comment section, uh, Kendall says that dense plot was controlled chaos. I think she makes a really good point because mm-hmm. the, as much as Dent wanted control, that chaotic element of just the flip of the coin is... Pure, it's just dynamite. I just, I think it's a great way to view the character. It's just, uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Chaos is going to happen, but uh, we're going to let fate decide what happens to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. One, two, it's a right. one two chance. Huh. Yeah. No, I, I agree because, you know, um, even though his, his downfall is quick, it's still believable in the sense of the Joker is toying with his mind so much. And it's already taking its toll on him before he loses Rachel. And then when he loses Rachel, I mean, all bets are off at that point. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I guess you could say he wasn't in a relationship with her very long. I mean, I, I mean, we don't really know how long they were in a relationship for. We're, ne- we're never really told that. Um, just like we don't know the time gap between Batman Begins and In the Dark Knight. So we don't know how long Rachel was with, her, was with him. But... Um, I guess he just took it a little bit more personally than I, I guess somebody like Bruce Wayne would take him because it seems to me he doesn't, uh, Bruce doesn't take it as hard as, uh, as Harvey, I guess, in a way you could say. Yeah. There are five years between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Five as years? Oppo- as opposed to the generally believed one year. So, I mean, maybe Rachel was with him for quite a few years. Could have been. So that would actually track with with him and his and his emotions. Oh, uh, back to the comments real quick. I should mention this to you, Jeremy. Um, there was talk about you shaving your head. I yeah, saw that. I, I was ignoring that. it. I was ignoring it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have well, him shave I his head live uh, on the air. That'll get us uh, anything here. for the fans, Jeremy. Right? Anything for the fans. <laughs> Do it for the fans, Jeremy. Do it for the fans. 
If I make partner on Twitch, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do partner. it. There you go. There you go. That's fair All right, enough. ladies and gentlemen, let's try and get Jeremy a partner on Twitch as fast yeah, as possible. Yeah, right. So you can see him live on here, shave his head. Oh, Don't shit. tempt That's me. I'll do this. I'll, I will do the same if Jeremy does it. The ultimate pitch. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will see. We will see. <laughs> so anything else of note in the dark night or should we move on to the uh kind of controversial dark night rises amongst the, the fans mm. uh there really wasn't much else i wanted to add to this other than you know the whole explanation behind you know what gordon was explaining to i think it was his son about you know why did or why did Batman have to leave and all that and all and it was because you know because he can take it he's not a hero he's a silent guardian a watchful protector a dark knight the true mm-hmm. vigilante yeah hmm. I killed those people I could do the I I will say there are some pieces of dialogue from Batman that <laughs> yeah, sound they sound very slurred. I I could do those things. Like you sounded Almost like, like Trump with a respirator. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Some of us. Where is it? Where is he? I am underneath what I do. Is that did 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 um did Christian Bale come up with that voice? Did they tell him to do that? I'm pretty I think sure it was that Bale was Christian thing. Bale. Gosh, yeah. I'm so surprised. I'm not sure why Nolan didn't uh, well, try to I don't to know why that. you're surprised. <laughs> this is the same guy, mind you, that lost his cool on Terminator Salvation set. Oh, I oh good for you. <laughs> We're done professionally. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Christian Bale will always be known for his big, big rant. Oh, <laughs> uh, but... All right. So, so what, what's the controversy? I, I I think I missed that part of the the discussion when it first came out, Mike. But what are some of the the points of controversy with uh, the third film? Uh well, some people were not happy with some of the story choices and um, some of the things the film did. Um, to me, I never really understood all the criticisms. I mean, I have my own fair share of criticisms with it, but not to the degree that I have read. I think some people have jumped into the fire. Literally, the fire rises. They jumped into the fire and just have not looked at this movie with with clear set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the movie bookends uh, Bruce Wayne's journey perfectly. I think it's mm-hmm. a beautiful ending to a truly epic story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was a very good ending to Bruce's story here. But at the same time, I think I know what Jeremy's waiting to bite. I'm looking at him smirking. So we're going to go ahead and see if I agree with what Jeremy has to say here. I think they tried to Jeremy too much into this movie. Like, there was far too much that they wanted to get out and surprise people with that it just, by the end of the film, I was like, wait, who's the real villain here? Hmm. The, that was one of my movie. biggest what, what would you have taken out? I agree out, with that. Jeremy, what would you have taken Who, out? Who's the real I, villain in this film? Society. I I think I would have taken out yeah. Talia al Ghul. I, I would have taken her out. Sure. Because I, um, I would have liked it to just... I would have liked it to just be 
Bane's Bane. a big yeah. show. There was no reason to have yeah. Talia Al Ghul in this, I think, at all. Um, it was it was just it just showed up at the end and suddenly oh yeah the stories that they told that was me. I, I don't know if, okay. her, if her character was completely useless. I just think that she could have been done differently. I think she could have been used differently. And I agree. I don't like the fact that she was the one controlling Bane, which basically made made Bane a a, a mindless drone. Mm. And I, I didn't like that aspect of it. And I agree with that. And that also bothered me a lot. Mm. But I mean, I don't want to say Talia was useless. I mean. She just could have been utilized a little differently than what she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, difference. Because he, he's definitely not framed as a a mindless villain for the majority of the film. I mean, he he seems like he's a very independent. Yeah, it was a. He's weird a very game. independent, a and very competent cold, villain. He is a very competent, mm-hmm. very cold and calculated villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which I am so happy that they got that part of Bane right compared yeah. to, you know, the actual mindless drone that he was in Batman and Robin. <laughs> but there were two things that I wish they would have touched more upon with this, and that was a little bit more of Bane's backstory mm. and who Bane yeah. actually was, mm-hmm. and touching more on the Titan, uh, the Titan uh, serum which actually was, you know, what Bane was fucking addicted to, which made him what he was. I got a question for you guys. This is the one thing that always bothered me about this movie. When Bruce gets out of the Lazarus pit, uh-huh. okay, how does he get back to Gotham so quickly? And how does he even get back into Gotham to begin with? Um, if I'm you gonna know go anything the about Batman... It's because he's Batman. Plans contingency plans. I like it. And, and also because he's Batman. That's all it needs to be said. <sighs> but does Wait, that, so what, doesn't that the... seem a little un-Nolan-like, though? I don't know if you guys have ever seen the uh, How It Should Have Ended animated films yeah. on, the he on she, YouTube. Uh, the yes. he videos? Yeah. Uh, yes. It's because mm-hmm. every single time you see Batman, it's, it's because I'm Batman. Well, why? What? How did you get through this? Because I'm Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much, I think, how he did it. I, I, I think Nolan was like, you know what? I'm not coming up with an explanation for this. He's just mm-hmm. Batman. That's yeah. how he did it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. We're just going to go with that. Uh, Jason, what's the Titan serum? I hadn't heard of that before. Uh, the Titan serum? Give me one second here. That's part of the backstory for Bane. Yeah. Uh, I gotta jump in here. Uh, it, was uh, Kendall's... A, it was a chemical compound uh, created by Dr. Penelope Young and used by the Joker via research on chemical compound venom mm. and poison ivy's plants. Uh, mm. Like venom, Titan can turn any user into a Bane-like monster, also known as a Titan. However, a, mm. only a small amount is needed to trigger a long-lasting transformation. Wow. So the biggest thing about the Titan serum was that, like it said, it turned just about anybody with a small amount into, yeah. you know, a big hulking Bane-like figure. Mm. Bane, with Bane already having that physical strength that he had to begin with, mm-hmm. at giving him the Titan serum turned him into, you know, the monster that he was. Mm-hmm. And it became yeah. it was a drug to him. 
it was just like any sort of like crack cocaine heroin anything like that like he had to have that hmm. huh okay i gotta mention this so kendall in the comments said it's a woman's world, world and bane and was just, bane living, was just in living in it living in it if she had more of a prominent role i could believe that that's true <laughs> But yeah, I, I felt her role too. was it, her role was such a minor character throughout the entire film. If she was built up more, but and, she chose to be a minor character. <laughs> she was the ultimate smokescreen. You can't. That's that's like plot armor for a villain. Like that. That's <laughs> it, that's that's poor writing. Is to cement the actual person as a secondary character. Did you just say suddenly no one had? He, he just Did said poor that. writing. How dare you! <laughs> if I, I could have been be the other outlier here and agree with Jeremy that this was one wow. of the few instances of a little bit of poor writing on Nolan's oh. part. Wow. Me and Jeremy do have a lot of the same viewpoints on this. Mike, I think it's time to mute some other people here. I think we got to mute Jeremy and Jason for a while. We need to talk about uh, why Nolan's right on ahead. Right. Go ahead right. I'm not going to take it back, Alistair. okay? I'm not going to take it back. No, it's true, Mike. No one wants to listen to me. That might that might backfire for mute them. <laughs> Jeremy, you're not convincing me this time. No. You know what? We can we can have our differing opinions. Exactly. One is just true. one is just Fair more enough. wrong than the other. <laughs> Oh, 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 okay, all right. And just so heaven me and Jeremy on the side of the lesser of the two wrongs. <laughs> but it, but even going like seriously, going back to that same point, when you put a, a your main villain who's supposed to be the main villain, you want to build the like. You want to build them up straight away. You want to give them a main and prominent role in the story as far as it just being Bruce Wayne's love interest throughout the film doesn't it doesn't give enough oomph to it there's got to be a another layer for it to be a convincing reveal at the end whereas this it was just it was just um oh yeah I'm the bad guy there was no big points for her in the film (laughs) I uh, Bruce hooking up with her, I thought that was rather forced, and mm-hmm. um, it was a again... thing that it was obviously a thing that did happen in the comics. Though he did, he hooked right. up with just about any, but any and every female lead in this in the series. Yeah, Bruce Wayne yeah, was hooked yeah. up with. I just think that you know what they want us at the end of the movie to buy how compassionate and how defensive he is of her at the end when he comes back to the city, and it's like. You haven't known her that long, and you slept with her once. Um, you're taking this like Rachel personal here, and it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, I'm not buying that. It's too quickly, too soon. Yeah, I, that that part is a little flawed. And uh, you know what I'm gonna say with that one? Christopher Nolan uh, wrote the movie with his brother. I, I'm gonna blame the brother for that stuff. <laughs> so that that's my counter argument. Okay, I'll take the counter argument. All right, I'll take the enough. counter argument. I'm not going to make any use of it, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you do that. Um, but we should mention one good thing here. Yeah, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Oh wow, yeah. It's bad that I forgot about it. I, I, I that mean, is kind of bad. I mean, it wasn't bad, 
I'll say it wasn't bad. She did a decent job, but I think it was more along the lines of trying to get people to see Anne Hathaway in yeah. spandex at that point. <laughs> yeah. Throw anything else? Several minutes. Can you blame them though? Oh, you when you I mean, don't add when you don't add a whole lot more to the role other than that. Well, oh no, wait, 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 wait! I'm gonna call you out on that one because we talked about no, Star I, Trek I, in the okay, Darkness, okay, okay, and you okay, talked well, about Alice Eve, and you talked about how great it was that she was there for the eye candy. No, no, no! Time out. She was given nothing hey, to do hey, in the hey, darkness. Don't even kid. Uh, you know what? We're gonna agree to disagree with here. That's it. simple as that. Hey, we can agree to disagree, but <laughs> on. one person's right, and it's me. Whatever you say there, Mike. <laughs> hey, let the other podcast speak for itself. I completely forgot, though, that she was in that role. Yeah. I feel like I have to go back and watch The Dark Knight Rises again. Because yeah, it's been yeah. quite a while since I've seen it. But I'm, Selena I'm Kyle is better than her Catwoman. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I will agree there. If I go, if I go to who's playing Catwoman now and Pattinson's Batman, I'm not too big on who's playing her now. Um, Zoe Kravitz is playing her, uh, and to I me, mean, that be, doesn't feel right. It could be worse. It could be Halle Berry's Catwoman. Well, hmm. Halle Berry might not necessarily made a bad Catwoman. She just had a terrible script and a terrible, god awful movie. She was a bad Catwoman. Not, maybe not entirely her fault, though. I'm gonna blame that entirely on her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but going, anyway. going back to Gotham, Gotham has a pretty good uh, Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Hmm. Oh, yeah, the young Selena Kyle. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. pretty good. Hmm. And she looks the um, part, too. <laughs> she does look the part. Agreed. Agreed. Um, one thing we should definitely get into, and this is the most, I think this is one of the biggest questions everybody has about The Dark Knight Rises, is um, I remember after the movie was released and everybody saw the ending, mm -hmm. there was a lot of debate online about the ending. And mm -hmm. for some reason, people felt compelled to keep bringing up Inception because they kept saying how Alfred was dreaming Bruce being at the cafe. <laughs> and everybody kept saying that it was a dream, it was a dream, it was a dream. What part of the... Autopilot was fixed when they say that. That's a clear-cut sign that he's alive. It's not fake. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, was, just, I was yeah. really hope. I'm. Well, I'm hoping that they, for whatever, that they somehow build off of Blake, uh, finding the Batcave, and turning it into also fucking. Uh, uh, what was? I'm trying to remember what the. Batman of the future was Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond, thank you. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they would have. I was hoping they would have built something off that with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, finding the Batcave and having him, you know, become the new Batman. I think a, I think a Batman Beyond movie would be fantastic. Well, we are kind of getting that because. Um, the Flashpoint movie they're making with Ezra Miller's Flash. Yeah. Michael Keaton's coming back to play Batman. And somehow, some way, they, they're talking about how DC wants to make Keaton a long-term plan of, of the DC movies, kind of like becoming like the Nick Fury of the DC movies, where he'll yeah. train a new Batman like Batman Beyond. So I guess in a way, they're kind of going to do that. I don't like Ezra Miller's uh, <laughs> I don't either. I don't. I, I like the, the way like he, TV guy better. 
I hate the way he runs. It looks like a toddler. Oh, just, the... Yeah, the, the flapping of the arms. Like, it doesn't look real. It looks mm-hmm. like he's running in place, and that's it. I, could, I can't get over his, his flash. Do you like Grant Gustin's flash on the TV show? F- far better. Like, a yeah. thousand yeah. times better. I would put place him at the top. <laughs> I'd rather have Absolutely. him in a movie than anybody else. Agreed. <laughs> So this brings me to my question here for all of you. Now that we've gotten through the three movies, let's put them in order. Mm. What was favorite to least favorite? While you guys think, can I quickly answer Mike's question about the ending? The controversy there. Please do, please. Yeah, I, I feel like... First off, I think that it, that it was intended to be Bruce was actually there. But I think part of the reason that, the, that a significant portion of the fan base tried to get out of it was because I, this is, this is me personally, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a great ending. I, don't, I, I think it, for, for how dark the trilogy was and how many punches they didn't pull, I was surprised mm-hmm. that they didn't allow themselves to, to not pull that one either. They had to kind of have it end with Bruce still alive. Um, I, I would have been comfortable with how the whole trilogy had gone with him having, having died. I, I think really? it would have probably been more. Him I mean, being a sad. martyr would have been a little bit more powerful than him. Somehow uh, magically managing to escape. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's your, well, that's your fantasy comic book, Disney ending where the hero lives in the end. Right. And right. Despite all of the, crazy odds that's true i mean i guess my biggest gripe with it probably is the way he survived uh the explosion uh there's a lot of questions within that and i've always had that question myself (laughs) see i remember in the theater i I was just i was on pins and needles hoping he was alive and they were going to find a way to make him alive Mm. and i remember as soon as they showed him i I think it was the only time in the theater where i literally jumped out of my seat and went like this yes you watching this trilogy wasn't for nothing. Oh. Yeah. No, there, there's a part of me that, that was glad that he didn't die. That I, 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 was, I was divided, I guess. Yeah. I'm no, like, I don't you know, know what you mean. I'm very divided. I, I think maybe you would have liked to have seen him alive, but maybe just in a different way. I would have liked to have seen a better explanation that to, to show – yeah, it just – because we didn't see what happened, it just seemed very unrealistic. I, I wanted him to be alive at the end, but in not in the same way that we got. Not this everything pretty all tied up in a bow, like he's living right. this great old little family life now. Yeah, I think we could have gotten. That, though. I mean, yeah, he deserved it, but I don't think it suited the f- trilogy. Maybe if he'd had some blast wounds, <laughs> he could have. <laughs> Like like two faces. His chest could have been covered in <laughs> blisters and sores and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you never know. We'll never know. Yeah. But they could have done a lot more with the ending, I think, other than what they did. But you know, for what it is, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I'm satisfied. Right. I, I didn't walk out feeling like, wow, this is the way it ended. Screw this trilogy. I didn't feel yeah. like that. So and, that, no, that at the end right. of the day is a win. And I think it was a, yeah. Sorry, go it ahead. was a it was a good enough ending. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't perfect. It was just good enough. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion there's no such thing as a perfect ending anymore. I, 
I mean, think about it. I mean, I will disagree with that. Well, nowadays, yes, but I'm gonna say in general, but there have been perfect endings before. Oh, Clockwork Orange being one of them. Return of the King. I'm gonna say Rogue uh, One. Has a per- I say Rogue One has a perfect ending. Yeah. It does. Yes, it does. It does. It does. Yep. Solo had the perfect I, I ending too, guys. What does? Solo <laughs> had the perfect ending. Hey, Solo did have a good ending. Leave it alone. Oh yeah, Solo Leave had Solo a good... alone. Do you know what the best part about Solo was? The credits. Jeremy, please help me out here because I know you're with me on Solo. These two guys are not. Another movie, Land Before Time. <laughs> Perfect ending. Oh god. Perfect ending. Oh god. <laughs> oh, no. anyway. you know, I, I swear nobody, the four of us need to do a solo podcast because <laughs> this is the ultimate defense. It's two v two on solo. This was perfect. <laughs> look at look at Jerry. He can't stop laughing. As Jeremy's dying over the here. The only thing that redeemed solo no. was was the connections to the larger canon. Okay. The only, All right. The only, there were, no, there were, no, 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 no shush. There were two good points about Solo. One, uh-uh. the Kessel Run. Mm, that was cool. The other one was Maul. saying Darth Maul. Yep, I was gonna mm-hmm. say Maul. Yep, I'm with you, Jason. Okay, maybe there was a third good point, and that was Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Yeah. The thing is, I was going to throw you under the bus because I know you made that comment before. I was going to, like, no, you can't see. There's only two. But the best (laughs) part about the film was the end credits. Yep. Okay. No, you know what? We're going to do a solo podcast because there's just too much to talk about. I'm preparing notes. Jeremy, you prepare some notes. We're going to get these guys. Is this Please, gonna be just as bad free. as the is this just gonna be as bad as the Civil War split? This could be worse. <laughs> this Dan, could be worse. What did Dan say about this? I forget what how Dan felt he about it. He hasn't seen it yet. Oh gosh. Well that we'll have to have him watch it and then have our he'll be the tiebreaker. I'm gonna defend the hell out of this movie. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, defend the man. shit out of it. Oh, feel free to defend this movie as much as you want. I'll burn you to the ground like I did I this will. film. You're gonna fail epically you're gonna fail epically <laughs> and i know with jeremy i, I like the combo I, I i feel confident i feel confident anyways back to what i was saying we're not even talking about the dark night trilogy <laughs> mike mike back to just... what i was saying no alistair you shush no more <laughs> wait this, this, this is this this is a point for us jason the budget for solo was 300 million you want to know how much it made in china when it first released. No, 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 no. Okay, you know no, why no, that no, is? No, it's no, because no. of The Last Ten Jedi. Million. That's why. No, 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 no. <laughs> Solo is a 10 times better movie than Last Jedi ever could have wanted to be. See, look, look how impassioned he's gotten because he knows. You, knows. sir, need to the go end. check no. to see the whether end. or not you came down with the case of the stupid. Hey, <laughs> any movie where Luke drinks utter milk, any movie can beat that. Any movie can beat that. I would rather watch a two and a half hour film of Luke drinking utter milk than watching Solo. Oh, you I would. Agree. You would. It's yeah. sticky moment number four. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jace Kabasik loves utter milk. Okay, Jace. So you could start off the best out of the three Dark Knights. Out of the Dark Knight trilogy, my favorite was the Dark Knight. Okay. Nice. Far and Away was the apex of this trilogy. 
then it gets to then I'm a little to- more torn on which one I think would be second and which one would be third. For me, I have to. I almost have to say I have to go two one three in this case. Go Dark Knight, Batman Begins, and Dark Knight Rises. I just felt okay. more invested into Batman Begins than I did Dark Knight Rises, even though, like, there was a lot of good points about uh, Dark Knight Rises. I, it, the t- biggest tipping point for me was what Jeremy had mentioned earlier. They just tried to shove too much into the film. Fair enough. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, Dark Knight comes in first for me. Uh-huh. Um, second, I'm a sucker for beginnings and origin stories, so I went uh, the same route with one and then three at the end. Uh-huh. Okay. So, that's my ranking. Alistair? Same. Two, one, three. Holy here comes crap. Mike. He, here he, comes wasn't the, he wasn't the outlier. Holy crap. <laughs> here comes Mike Wait, with the controversial. No, Mike, Mike, he's gonna he's gonna go, he's gonna go three two one. <laughs> no, he's gonna go three one two. He's just he's just gonna say solo. Actually solo solo ranks. <laughs> Solo's first. <laughs> Solo will never be first. Solo was the no. worst of all the Star Wars movies I've ever seen. That that now that now I know you're full of shit. But okay, we'll get back to that another time. Um, no, my order actually is going to be one, two, three. I I like Batman Begins a little bit more because I like the origin story. Um, I like learning about how Batman became Batman, learning about Bruce Wayne, um, and just his personal relationships. And I I just found uh the first movie to be a little bit more um the relationship's a little more personal and i and i liked the uh you see, I, like that a little I bit more. can i can i can respect that order yeah if like there one, was two, three, if there was three, a two, spot one. where three was higher than any of the other two no yeah. i think <laughs> i probably would have started a world war with any of you <laughs> no it, it, no it, the case to be made about dark knight rise being the best there's not really a case to be made there mm. it's, it's it's hard to make a case I, for that being the best one look i like I just thought that, with with when we were talking about earlier in the podcast, the Dark Knight I thought was just the most complete, and probably the most perfect of the Batman films that has been produced. Yeah, There's I mean, so much that went into that film, the the storytelling of that film, the uh, the way that everything ran in there just felt more fluid uh-huh. than any other Batman movie. I'm not going to lie. I The Batman Begins was a close second, uh-huh. but uh, Dark Knight Rises, uh, not Dark Knight Rises, no, bad. Dark Knight Rises, bad. Uh, the Dark Knight was just that much better of a film, though. Well, I'll agree with you, Dark Knight being being uh, uh, one of the greatest Batman films. I look at it this way. I look at Batman Begins being a Bruce Wayne film. Dark Knight, a Batman film. And then three being a Bruce Wayne and a Batman film. And unfortunately, them being the two doesn't quite mesh as well as it probably could have. But uh, yeah, I could agree with that number two is the best Batman film. 
So going to the comments here real quick, uh, I have to agree with Joel here that we all should get uh, tat of the podcast logo together. <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. What was that? Say that again. Uh, we should all get a podcast tat together, like the same um, tattoo design. We should all get it. <laughs> that would be pretty great. And then seeing Jeremy right after just that one saying, just I have one. muted myself. Because if I start talking about Star Wars, I'm not going to stop. And it's we're this is in, why this is why this I want this guy on my side. Batman. Okay, we're in Batman. Let's talk about Batman. <laughs> and there I'm will, will be a solo Batman. podcast because I I want this argument so bad. I want it so bad. That'll be for a later point in time after we finish up Phase Three Part Two. Yep. Solo's going to follow it now because now I want it bad. All right. But, uh, Anyways, do we have anything else to add, uh, guys? No, um, just that uh, Marvel Part 2 will be next. Um, we'll have Dan back in the room. Oh, by the way, and I wanted to do it in with, person. Uh, Infinity War. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to do it in person, but if Dan's listening, uh, congratulations on getting married. I forgot to say that to him last yeah, time I talked to him. congratulations. Big congrats. But uh, yeah, so Marvel's uh, will be next, and then we will go from there. All right, Fantastic. so I think with that, uh, we can go ahead and start wrapping this one up. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here, and until uh, next time. Oh, it's up.